Well, hello there, and welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller. It is Thursday. It is week three of our salute to the great Boris Karloff. We have one more week to go as we approach Halloween. We have Sarah Karloff as our guest for uh, some of these shows, but I'm going to do this particular one on my own. It's a little bit noisy. It's an episode of Lights Out from March 23rd, 1938. Now, that's very early Lights Out, well before the the ones that most people are familiar with for Iron Eyes Yeast in the early 40s. Uh, This is from the original run in Chicago. Boris Karloff is the star on this one. It's called The Dream. It's a very strange, uh, strange story. It is a bit noisy. The transcription discs are damaged, but you can hear it, and it's quite quite the show. Uh, They say on the show that this is the fourth anniversary of Lights Out, uh, and it's episode number 210. I had no idea that Lights Out went back to 1934. I had thought in my brain it started in 36, but I guess I'm wrong. And there were apparently 210 episodes before this one. I don't think there's too many of those around, maybe one or two out of 210. So those are considered some of the great lost radio programs of all time that those of us who go out there hunting for those things are always looking for, hoping to find, but in this case, don't seem to be able to find them. But we'll keep looking, and if we find them, we'll bring them to you on the good old days of radio show. So as part of our Halloween month and Boris Karloff month, Here is Boris Karloff in The Dream. Tonight is the fourth anniversary of Lights Out. After four years of fantasy and imagination, chills and thrills, Lights Out celebrates by bringing to the microphone the internationally known actor whose name has become synonymous with the unusual and fantastic. The National Broadcasting Company takes pleasure in presenting Boris Karloff in the first of a special series of Lights Out broadcasts. Lights Out, everybody. Lights Out presents another psychological drama, a play in which the principal part is taken not by the character himself, but his thoughts. The voice you are about to hear is that of the thoughts of one Daryl Hall, accused murderer, sitting in a courtroom awaiting the return of a jury which is to decide whether he is to live or die. And as he waits, the thoughts in his mind seethe and swirl Season world. Guilty. Guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. Guilty. Father in heaven, why don't I stop thinking those words? Words those jurymen are saying. Guilty. 
The lecherous writhing of thin crimson lips that lifted from teeth, bite and pointed, and flecked with blood. Yes, a glorious body, and a face from hell. Closer, closer to me, and then she spoke one word. Kill. Yes, that's what she said. Kill. And as she said it, she moved closer. Her hands went out, her eyes in my dream, I screamed. I awoke. I remember, just at that second, the clock on the mantel began striking. Five, six, seven. Thankfully, I counted each chime, since the hearing of it meant that I was awake. Awake out of the horror of that dream. When the clock had stopped chiming, I sat there. My one thought was, if this be dreaming, let me never dream again. I heard a sound. What was that? I sat still, afraid to move. And then I laughed. It was my own heart. My own heart still pounding with fright at what I'd seen in my first dream. Why do I sit here thinking of what has been? The jury in there, they've got to hang me. Free him. They've got to hang me. No, no, I mustn't think of them. Better to keep my thoughts on how it all started. Better to figure things out. Where was I? Ah, yes. Sitting there listening to the beating of my heart, thinking of the horror of that dream. And then, suddenly, that strange, wordless murmur I had heard in my dream was whispering in my head again. Quickly as it began, it was gone. How could this be? I was awake, awake. This was no dream. Then why had I heard that wordless entreaty? That same sound that had come from those miserable white faces that had floated before me while I slept. Why? Why? Uh. I heard it. Sound behind me. Who? Why, yes, my friend Wayne. Must be he. Come back into the room, standing behind my chair, thinking I was asleep. I turned round and said, Wayne, is that you? Yes, I screamed. I screamed so loudly there was blood in my throat. For it was she again, that woman, that woman out of my dream. But this wasn't a dream. She was standing there, I tell you. She was standing there close to me, looking at me. And those lips out of hell said that one word. Ew. I jumped to my feet. No one in the room, no one, I tell you. I was standing there, my head reeling. Who was she? Where did she come from? But there was no one in the room. Had there been anyone there? I didn't sleep that night. But by morning, yes, by morning, I had it all figured out. Two dreams. That's what it had been. And the second had been more vivid than the first. Why, of course. I'd never dreamed before. 
So, of course, my first dreams would seem reality. How easy it was to quiet the unrest in my mind. Easy to make oneself believe what one wants to believe. And yet, some measure of uncertainty remained with me. And Mary saw it in my face when I had dinner with her that night. Daryl, do you mind if I ask you something? Why, what a question. Of course not. Is there something wrong? You mean with the dinner? Well, you know, this is my favorite restaurant. With you, dear. Has something gone wrong at the university? Why do you ask that? The worry in your eyes. Oh. What is it, dear? Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing important. You changed your mind about loving me? Mary. Then tell me what it is, please. All right. It's really nothing to concern yourself over. Just a, a dream. Dream? Daryl, you dreamed. Yes, last night. How marvelous. Now you're normal even when you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, isn't it? I'm back to normal, dear. <laughs> and here I thought from the expression on your face that it was something really important. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, isn't it? And I suppose in your first dream you dreamt of a... <laughs> Glorious, seductive woman. No, Mary. Ah, did you have a nightmare? If you don't mind, let's... Let's not talk about it anymore. Shall we have our dessert now? Now, I suggest the hot green apple pie with cheese. Daryl, was it as bad as all that? Horrible. Oh, that's cruel. Your very first dream, an unhappy one. Oh, well, I'm sure that if you dream again, you've more interesting times ahead. Oh, Dara, look at the time. A minute to seven, and we promised the Armstrongs we'd pick them up at 7.15. Dara, what is it? Your face. Do you hear it? Hear what? You do hear it, don't you? The voices. Voices? Dara, what are you talking about? Why, the people in this restaurant are most well-behaved. Gone. Just the way it was before. Dara, please, if this is a joke, please tell it to me. <gasps> Dara, what is it? What are you staring at? What's behind my chair? What's there, Daryl? Tell me what's behind. Daryl, the table. Why did you throw over the table? Daryl, what is it? What is it? Why did you scream like that? What's the matter with you, Daryl? Yes, she wanted to know why I had done it. Screamed, thrown over the table. They all wanted to know. But how could I tell them? Tell them of her, standing behind Mary's chair, that thing of degradation, and those lips saying, kill. I went home. Mary thought I was overworked. Yes, knows, darling, you've been working so hard. Go home and rest, dear. That's all you need, rest. Rest, rest. What good was rest? I had to reason things out. All my life I'd lived with reason, and now this, this horror. I had to know all about it. Now, I was certain it was no dream. What I had seen there in the restaurant had been no thing of sleep. Hallucination. Yes, that was it. I had been working hard. Too much work was the answer, and rest would cure that. Yes, indeed. And so I rested through the next day. It was quite dark when I awoke. The phone rang. It was Mary calling to find out how I felt. Are you sure you're all right, Daryl? Why, yes, Mary, yes. I'm fine, thank you. You sound all right. 
Your advice was good, dear. Apparently, rest was just what I needed. Then go along back to bed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, dear. Thanks for calling. Goodbye, Daryl. Sleep well tonight. I hung up the receiver. And then the clock on the mantel behind me began striking. It had been seven when it had happened. And then, with the last chime of the clock, I realized it was seven again. Seven! Would I see her again? I stood there, back against the wall, waiting. So quiet, I could hear the clock ticking away the seconds. Would it happen again, this hallucination of mine? I waited. I heard no pitiful murmur of voices. Just quiet. Dark in the room, I could see the shadowy emptiness of a chair near the other wall. And then the chair was no longer empty. There was someone in it. I said, who's there? Answer me, who's there? No answer. The strange darkness in the room. Deeper and deeper, I could see nothing. And then, two swirling pools of flame and right. Closer and closer, I stood there. I couldn't move. Rumbling began in my brain. Fear, I tell you. Fear tearing up my brain louder and louder while those red circles of light came closer and closer. Father in heaven, what was it? And then I knew it was her eyes. Her eyes burning close into mine, into the brain of me, pounding one thought into me. Why did she say that? Why kill whom? Why should I kill? Why should I kill? If I had known then. The jury, they're coming back. The verdict, what? No, not yet. Still out. Oh, they've got to find me guilty. I've got to hang. I've got to. If I live... Oh, but I mustn't think of that. I must think of what happened. Where was I? Ah, yes. That, that woman. Her eyes pounding that word into me and then... Gone again. But this was no dream. Then what? A voice within me whispered... Crazy, crazy, crazy. No, I was thinking. That horror was real, real as the breath in me. And with that realization, the coldness as of a wind blew around me and clutched at my heart. For if she was reality, somehow I knew that I was lost. So it began. Night after night, the stroke of seven. First, that wailing dirge of those lost souls. And then her writhing lips. Kill, 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 kill,
people would see this madness that had come over me. I went nowhere. And soon I knew that they were talking of me. I tell you, I My don't friends. know what's come over, Daryl. Hides in his rooms, won't even talk to me. Something's wrong. Very wrong. Mary. Please, Daryl, you've got to let me see you. This talking over the phone, oh, darling, what's wrong? What's wrong? And night after night, the horror of... And the greater horror of... Kill, 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 kill. Mary pleaded with me. Dear, if you love me, please let me see you. Talk to you. Come over to my house tonight. Oh, please, Daryl, perhaps I can help you. Please, darling, please. I didn't want to go, but I went that night. Perhaps she could help. Yes, help me understand the madness of those wailing voices and drifting white faces. Understand the horror of that woman and that maddening world. Mary... So understanding, so gentle, she could help me clear my head of the madness. Oh, Daryl, you're here at last. Mary, help me. You will help me. Oh, Daryl, your face so white. Oh, I... Don't talk yet. Sit here and rest. I'm sane, Mary. Believe me, I'm sane. Of course, dearest, of course you are. It's that madness outside of me, those white drifting faces moaning at Rest, me. darling. And that woman out of hell. Woman? Her eyes and lips telling me to... What time is it? It's seven. <gasps> Daryl, what is it? I've lost track. I've got to get out of here. Daryl, don't. Wait. Don't go. Too late. Daryl, what is it? Too late. Late. You hear them, don't you, Mary? I'll go call a doctor. I'll listen to them. Their voices are so loud tonight. Listen, Mary. Daryl, don't. There's no one here. You hear them? You must hear them. What are they saying? Louder and louder, trying to tell me something. What are you saying, you out there? What are you getting me? Faces, voices, gone. Now she'll be here. Oh, Daryl, please, you're frightening me. Kill, 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 kill. You hear her, Mary? You hear her? No, no, Daryl, please. Louder and louder and louder. Kill, I hear her. Think out of hell so loud, I tell you. Make her stop, Mary, make her stop. Stop it. She never you. What do you want to be? Stop it, stop it. I'm not standing anymore. Kill, 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 kill. Yes. 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 Go away. Go away. I'll kill. I'll kill. I'll kill. Stop my neck. Stop me. No. Kill. 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 Mary. Mary! Yes. I had killed her. My sweet, gentle little Mary. Killed her with my own hand. I opened my hand. She fell to the floor. I went out into the street. People all around me, hurrying. I was in no hurry. What that woman had wanted, I had done. I had killed. I walked all night. It didn't matter where. 
And in the morning, I found myself on the campus of the school, before the very building in which a class was waiting for my lecture. I went in. I walked up on the platform and looked down into their faces. I said to them, ladies and gentlemen, my lecture for today will be on the subject of the selective factor in the evolutionary. I stopped. A murmur in the air. Those voices again. But it was broad daylight. I'd never heard those voices in daylight before. What did they want of me? What were they saying? There was a strangeness in their pitiful voices. Yes, like, yes, like a dirge, a dirge of tears and sorrow for someone. For me, yes, for me. And then, her voice, laughing, laughing, triumphant. And I understood, for the first time I understood everything. She had triumphed over me. That was why those lost souls were waving a dirge over me. I was hers, hers forever. I turned and ran out of there like a madman. Ran, ran, and as I ran, those voices of the damned were talking to me. We are doomed as we are doomed. No. We listen to her and no. now you are one of us. No peace no through all eternity. No. For those who murder. All eternity. I covered with my ears and my hands I ran. The youth, I heard them, I heard them. Only one hope for you, man. One hope. Expiate your crime. Pay for what you have done. On the gallows and you shall have one. Oh, that was it. My one hope. If I paid society for my crime, she would fail. I would be free of her, that thing, that essence of evil, that siren who called men to murder so that their souls would be slaves to her for all eternity. Yes, yes, I'd pay for my crime. I ran on, on, back to Mary's house. Yes, I'd pay him gladly with my life to have the peace of the rest of oblivion. I went back into the house. Yes, Mary was lying there, cold. I lifted her. Those same hands that had crushed the life out of her lifted her and carried her out into the sun. My eyes were so filled with tears that I could hardly see where I walked. People began milling about me. He's got a woman in his arms. Well, what is he carrying her? She must have fainted. No, look, yeah. she's dead. What? Huh? what? Who killed her? Huh? Yeah. What a fight. Hey, hey, mister. Hey, mister, who killed her? I did. Who killed her? I killed her. With my own hands, I killed her. And please, I want to die for that. Hey, 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 hey. And then the trial. My friends, they wanted to save me. Clever eternities, sanity commissions and twists of the law. But I wanted to die, I tell you, I had to die. If they set me free, if I lived and died as most men die, the death they call a natural one, then she would have me. No, no, I want to hang by the neck until dead. I want that noose around my neck. 
The trap beneath my feet, the jailer pulls the switch. My feet dancing in air, the noose strangling me as my hands strangle Mary. Free for my crime and I'll be free. Free of that horror with the writhing lips of blood-stained teeth. Order the court. Order the court. The jury. They're coming in. Guilty. They've got to find me. Gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. Guilty. The clerk of the court will read the verdict, please. Guilty. 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 Find the defendant guilty of murder in the first degree. Guilty. 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 You hear that? You think I'm a Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard the first play in a special series commemorating the fourth anniversary of Lights Out and starring Boris Karloff. Next week, Mr. Karloff will appear in another new air drama by Arch Obler, a play suggested by the Sibelius musical composition, Waltz Triest. It is a story of death and a revenge beyond death. Listen to... Lights Out with Boris Karloff. Lights Out, written especially for radio by Arch Obler, comes to you each Wednesday evening from our Chicago studios. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Okay, that's uh, Arch Obler's very creepy, wild sense of horror and murder and <laughs> sound effects and whatever. Um, and Boris Karloff's great performance there, The Dream, from March 23rd, 1938. Uh, very early lights out, and I'm very sad that we 
don't have the rest of Mr. Karloff's appearances from that special series, there is a script for the one mentioned for the following week, Vals Traced. I know that I've seen that out there somewhere, but no recording that I'm aware of beyond, uh, beyond that. So we keep looking, we keep searching, maybe someday, who knows, maybe they're all just gone to the great uh, uh, garbage dump in the sky because nobody cared back then, we'll see. People were looking for them, so maybe. All right, back next week uh, for our Tuesday show. Tuesday's show is going to be a, um, a horror show. Uh, we're going to do The Telltale Heart. We're doing that because it's Halloween week, so there's no comedy next week. It's going to be right into the, the grisly horror of Edgar Allan Poe and Boris Karloff doing The Telltale Heart from Inner Sanctum Mysteries. And then we come back on Thursday, a couple days before Halloween, with another special Boris Karloff appearance. And Sarah Karloff will be here also to comment on that one. So until then, this is John Tefteller saying thank you for listening and goodbye. <music>